Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. So, Joe, I guess I got to kick this off and give you credit that you were right about Wilson Memorial Baseball. They did not perform in the postseason as well as I thought they would. I think a lot of people in the district wouldn't have thought they would, particularly from how they lost. Uh, they lose in their first playoff game that they come to by losing to Fort Defiance. Fort Defiance had won against Monticello early in the week, kept that going, beat Wilson on, uh, I think it was Thursday night and um, I mean Friday night, late last week. And, uh, you know, for a team that they had beaten during the regular season, I think 10 to three and 10 to four, you know, very one-sided meetings. I think I, I would have to think that you just weren't assuming Fort Defiance would beat them. I think you had said as much as, as you thought if they were able to reach Fluvanna that, that that team would beat Wilson. So I think pretty much a surprise to all that the number two seed in the Region 3C loses to uh, number seven seed Fort Defiance, a team they had beat twice in the regular season. But credit to you, you got it right that they – they didn't make it to the region final. Like I was expecting, hoping they would. I, I mean, you know, expecting with or hoping with some reasonable expectations. But yeah, they didn't perform. I think the writing was on the wall for what happened the week before when they played Spotswood. When I thought that game at least would have been contended better, they didn't. I, I don't think they were playing their best ball at the right time. And uh, yeah, you were right. So there you go. Well, I appreciate you acknowledging that I was right uh, because, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't until this point in the text messages on purpose. Right. Um, (laughs) But you're you're right. I didn't think it would be this early that we would see Wilson bow out, but that's my, my larger fear for Wilson was I didn't think they were consistent enough this season when they got to a region tournament to be able to get to the region championship. I was hoping I was going to be wrong, but again, our job on this podcast um, is to tell you about the local sports, but then also, I mean, yeah. we're supposed to be honest and, and you honestly are more optimistic. You have more yeah, from my that point of view. I had good reason to say what I was saying. There sure. was things I could point at, but sure. Yeah, there was but, contrary things that you grabbed onto. But for me, like if I'm being honest and, and people are saying, okay, Joe, where do you think this team is going? I thought region semifinal and out and, and they didn't get that far. Um, yeah. Fort now plays Fluvanna. I would imagine um, that one's not going to go well for Fort, but uh, again, this is why I said one of our teams in Riverheads or Gap would make it, and that would be it because I didn't think that we get to. Um, now the way the region set up for one B, um, I believe in baseball that was a little bit different, where we yeah. we do have the possibility of still getting two in, but yeah, I, I just. <sighs> This is what I was. This is what I feared with Wilson, and it came around yeah. earlier than I was expecting. Yeah, and, and for Fort's sake, I mean, if you would have told me, that's off to early Fort in the season. That's great for Fort. Great I didn't, for Fort, I great didn't great think they were going to win their first game, and they've won two now. So yeah, and they got in. Uh, you know, they got Finn Irving out of the game for Wilson. They kind of hit on him. They got him out of the game, and then they had an easier time of it. Um, so good for them, taking advantage of getting Wilson in a weak spot and and learning from the mistakes earlier in the season. I, I, I don't hold out great hope about them beating Fluvanna, but this is also a team I said would not beat Wilson later in the week. I was talking to a dad of a player for Fort Defiance, and I was just like, man, it ain't going to happen. And uh, I was wrong, and I told him I was wrong when I saw that, when I saw him the next day after that. So fair enough, great for them, good win. This is the team that if you told me in the preseason, hey, Fort Defiance is going to beat Wilson, 
in the three C tournament, I probably wouldn't have said, Oh my goodness, that's a shocker. But after the season Fort Defiance had and the way they, you know, they went eight, eight and four in the district, which does tie them for second, but just the losses they had that just amazed me. I just wouldn't have never thought that this week. And so I was wrong there, but you did highlight on uh, what we have with Buffalo Gap and Riverheads. They both play Tuesday night. Buffalo Gap hosts William Campbell at 530. Riverheads hosts uh, Rappahannock County at 5 p.m. If both of our local teams win that game, both will have punched their ticket for states, and Thursday will decide which team gets a home game in states and which team gets gets to travel in states. So that'll be fun to watch in Region 1B this week. And, uh, you know, obviously we both hope they win Tuesday so we get two teams in states. Um, I think last week you you sided with Gap. I'm a homer. I'll side with Riverheads. We'll see how that works out this week. Hopefully we get that matchup. But the fun thing that happened this week was 2B. On Monday night, in between rain delays, Monday, Stewart's Draft goes to Madison County, the seven seed as Stewart's Draft. They knock off the two seed Madison County, seven to three. They had a no-hitter going into the six, so a great pitch performance there for Stewart's Draft. And so now they'll take on East Rock, the number three seed, in Wednesday in a semifinal game. So, you know, where the top of this district didn't necessarily represent the district well, there's a 2B team that me and you said were left for dead at three and nine coming out of this district. And then they go knock off a Madison team. So that's one game. Do what you can. You know, that's what I felt about Fort Defiance's game against Monticello. But then they beat a, a team that I thought was good. Here's Stewart's draft's chance to do the same. Do I predict that'll happen? Not necessarily. But they got to play the game. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. Yeah, and like you just said, I didn't think they were going to beat Madison County, and they did. So, yeah, you know, what's East Rock to Madison County? I mean, it's a two and a three. You've already beaten the two. Go beat the three. But this is where we'll see, right? Because now the pitching will be tested. Yeah. The pitching will be tested. Yep. I don't think they're going to have the pitching to get past East Rock. But if they do, then they get to go to the States, too, and we'll, we'll potentially have three teams going to States. And that's an example where I think probably some of that experience from a team that went to States last year here, it showed up at the right time and where an optimistic person like me tries to grab onto that and pull that out of nowhere. And Fort Defiance fans are trying to pull that out of nowhere. Um, You know, there's an example of it at least kind of happening. We'll see if it's able to continue over in softball. Not a lot of action to talk about. Uh, Wilson lost to Brookville. They're done. Fort Defiance lost to Broadway. They're done. Uh, So all our three C teams are out. We still have 2B Stewart's Draft, who won the district. Uh, they get to host Strasburg. It got pushed to Tuesday night uh, after a Monday uh, rain out. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have the Tuesday game. I, they were scheduled for a Wednesday semifinal, and then the final on Friday. We'll see how that plays out with rain and, and what's already happened here. But So that, that game's ahead of us. And then we have the Gap Riverheads showdown um, coming up on Tuesday night. Uh, Riverheads beat William Campbell last week to set that up. And so we, uh, we have it in the semifinal, the Riverheads-Buffalo Gap showdown there. Um, they split during the regular season. Riverheads finished one game better in the district. So they've won six straight. I think Riverheads is the hotter team at the moment. But, you know, we saw what Buffalo Gap was able to do last year. We've seen them go on some streaks during the year this year. So I think all three of those teams have some hope. Um, but we'll have to see what they do. And, and obviously one of the Riverheads or Gap's team's season is going to end on Tuesday night. Yep. And... Um... Again, this is what we didn't want to see. We wanted more of a baseball situation where they wouldn't meet yeah. until a final, but that didn't happen. And so now we'll only see one of those teams go. And, uh, you know, I do think Stewart's draft, though, 
they've got a shot, right? They're favored yeah. to get to that re- region championship. And last week I said I think they would, but I had a little bit of nerves about a potential Clark County matchup. Again, a, a lot of it has to be played out due to weather and everything still. But um, it, it would be nice to get two teams in softball in the States. Absolutely. Over to tennis, we do have some state representation already tied up. The Riverheads boys, that's kind of a team that we've been talking a lot about this year, especially with the success they had last year. They did read, they won Region 1B, but then they get dumped into that split division, 1B, 2B. Um, they are playing in the championship of that, and that is on Tuesday at noon this week. So depending on when you're listening to this, you might have might know that final or not. Uh, but they're hosting Clark County in that. Either way, they're going to states. If they win, they get to host a state match against Lancaster on Friday. So that's going to be a quick turnaround there, Uh, not wait until next week or anything like that. If uh, Riverheads loses, they'll have to go to Bruton on Friday. So interesting what's happening there for them. Caden Swats, he won the singles, doubles tournament is set up for Tuesday. Um, So we'll we'll have some local representation in class, class two, I guess. One, two is what they call it. Um, with Riverheads, I know Buffalo Gap still has some individuals and doubles teams involved, so we'll have to see what comes out of all that. Wilson, the team that edged out Riverheads in the boys' tennis, they are done already. Uh, they were the three-seed, lost to Charlottesville. Um, I think they were upset in that. They lost at home there. They definitely It's more than I think. They were upset there by Charlottesville, so their season is done. But like we said, three-seed is tough. Um, while we're mentioning it, Waynesboro Stanton also lost their early matchups um, in these playoffs as the nine seed for Waynesboro. Actually, they beat Heritage, but then they lost to LCA. Uh, Stanton lost to Spotswood. So good season there uh, for tennis for a lot of teams. You know, Wilson mostly there. They had a great season, just didn't get as far in the playoffs as we thought. But Riverhead's team is still alive with some other Buffalo Gap. And I I think Wilson still has an individual. I think uh, um, I meant to write his name down. Um, That's embarrassing. But I don't have it written down here. But Wilson has a singles player that will get to play at States, which is cool. On the girls' side, um, everybody, I believe, is uh, has wrapped up from what I was seeing in the, in the brackets. I know Waynesboro, um, they lost also as an upset to Charlottesville. They were the three seed, lost to the six seed. And then Stanton beat Liberty, but then lost to TA. Wilson beat Heritage, but then lost to Spotswood. So a lot of higher seeds moving along there, except for the Wilson girls, who had had a really great regular season, but uh, just weren't able to carry that into the postseason. On to the boys' soccer. And this is where we had a somewhat of a hope uh, for, you know, a Wilson-Stanton, our top teams in boys' soccer, to do some kind of advancement. Couldn't get out off the tracks here. How their seasons wound up, Stanton actually finished seated higher than Wilson at the five seed, but they get up. They actually have to travel to Monticello. They lose two to one. Their season's done. Wilson, they had to go up to TA. They lose two to one. They are done. So uh, three. Uh, we had three teams though. Those two top teams weren't able to advance, but here we had Waynesboro, the 10 seed. They advantaged, they advanced by beating Heritage in penalty kicks. So they actually won a game from our district, but then they were done after they played Charlottesville, the two seed. So our three seed teams are done. Um, Stewart's draft plays Tuesday as the four seed. They're hosting number five seed Mountain View and Riverhead's the four seed. They travel to 
uh, Appomattox Regional Governor School on Tuesday. So I, I, I'm hitting all these just to represent these people that have put in hard work and uh, a lot here. I'm, I'm not having a lot of hope for advancement from those other teams. Um, so I just, but I did want to mention where they're at now. Um, but that's kind of the bottom of the Shenandoah district are the only ones still alive with seating there. On the girls side, the Wilson girls had a great regular season. Were not defeated within the were not defeated within the season. They had three ties overall, two in the district. Uh, they beat Brookville one to nothing, and now they host TA on Tuesday. Big opportunity there for the Wilson girls, and uh, that's that's our big hope out of soccer here. I know we have some other teams still in it. Waynesboro they'll play Charlottesville on Tuesday. Um, same thing down at the bottom of the district there, Stewart's draft and Riverhead still alive. Um, Riverhead's girls will advance to States just because there's only two teams in one B, but Wilson's that team that we're kind of have some, a little bit of high hopes for, you know, earning a good spot to States. And that's gonna be a tough task against TA. I know Cody's been writing a lot of stuff about that girls soccer team up at TA and they're, they're going to be a tough matchup for them, but as the one seed getting to host, um, already playing some good non-district games this season against Valley District opponents has Wilson. I think they have good optimism about what they're going to be able to do against TA. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I think, obviously, last week I said they have a better shot. And the concern here would yeah. be the same concern I had on the boys' side. Even though Wilson looked good in the district and went through it, without too many hiccups. I just, I didn't think this district was that good on in boys soccer this season. That's largely played out. Um, on the girls side, Wilson I mean, girls are a better position. TA in the season. Yes. They tied TA in the season opener. Then they beat them one to nothing. But this just seems like a TA team April. that is playing. They're playing better. They're now. playing their best at the mm-hmm. right time. And I don't know if that's the case for Wilson. Yeah. I mean, the seven, nothing from Brookville, a, a program, you know, a school that puts, puts out pretty good athletic programs. Usually I I'm not deep in knowledge of the girls soccer from Brookville, to be honest, but you know, a nice seven to nothing beating there tells me they, you can't ask more for what they did in this last game, their last appearance out. I, I do think they're going to get tested pretty hard by TA. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's what they're here for is the tough games, the hard games, you win this, um, you know, it's a semifinal that, that puts you in the idea of going to States there. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a tough matchup. I, I hear what you're saying, you know, TA has got to do it too. They're going to be looking across the field there at a team that has not been defeated yet this season. And, uh, they're going to have to perform too. So I, I think it'll be a good, a good matchup between teams that are probably pretty similar. Yeah. All right, so that's all the high school stuff there. I think by next week we'll have, have a lot of teams knocked out there, uh, kind of running through the bottom of that, uh, what we were reviewing there. But we will be, uh, not that we're going, not what we're done today, but we'll be back next week talking about those teams that have punched their tickets to states. We'll be talking about them, maybe try to get an uh, interview guest for that's related to that. But let's jump up to the college level as, um, well, we'll talk about softball later. Let's, let's hold that. Let's talk about baseball Um, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, that's the team I was following the closest. So I'll lead the conversation with that. They just did nothing in the ACC tournament and a team that came down the stretch of the season with, with pretty legitimate hopes of making the tournament, but still needed to do some things to kind of secure that nothing down the stretch. Did they do to secure that and losing two games widely at the ACC tournament knocks them out. Their season's done. 
Yep. They yep. when I saw that they had lost to Boston College in their first game. It was um, over. Yeah. yeah, my first reaction was, well, bad news. It doesn't get any easier. And yeah. it didn't. And and they had a rough uh pool play in their tournament. And uh, that was at that point pretty elementary that they weren't gonna make it. On the other side, here's UVA with had high hopes uh, <laughs> throughout the season. I think at one point they were a little more wavering, but then they really came on strong in the second half of the season through the meat of the district or through the conference play. Uh, they didn't get out of their pool in the ACC tournament. Uh, UNC did, you know, get to that semifinal out of that pool, but UVA had looked good enough previously that they're getting to host a regional. And this, that's not something we thought was guaranteed down to the stretch well, of the season, but they, they did play well down the stretch Teams, the other things wound up the right way that they get to host a region in Charlottesville. It's not only that they get to host a region, they would be hosting a super regional should they get there. That's great. That That's the part that, to me, I was like, oh, okay. Because um, I thought they'd have to win the ACC to have a shot at that and at least get out of their pool to win a region just because of where their rank was coming in. Now, it turns out the committee yeah. liked UVA more than, you know, D1 baseball and all these other people who do rankings, which is good for UVA. They've, they've played well. Um, yeah. And they're going to be, program. yeah, they're going to be uh, doing, I, man, you look at that region, it should be exciting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, obviously they have army army on Friday at uh-huh. three and East Carolina and Oklahoma, the other two teams that in their region that they're hosting. East Carolina would be the team I would worry about there um, because that's a good baseball team. But that brings us to, and I can't remember if I sent it to you yet or if I bookmarked it to send it to you. Oh, my goodness. I'm not prepared. You have not sent me whatever I'm. Okay, well, here it comes. So go ahead and get your Twitter. (laughs) It's it's your favorite time of year, folks. It's pick a team based on uniforms. (laughs) All right, so. I got to get this on a bigger screen, dude. (laughs) We go to the Winston-Salem region. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It has George Mason out of the A-10, who we'll talk about later. Northeastern from the CAA, Maryland from the Big Ten, and Wake Forest from the ACC. That region, honestly, there's not – I don't think there's a bad uniform in that region. Wake Forest actually probably has the worst uniform – Spoiler alert, Wake Forest is going to win that region. Um, but if I'm going solely based on uniforms, it's the Maryland Terrapins. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Mason's not bringing the heat there. Um, yeah, those Husky ones aren't good enough. Yeah, Maryland, I agree. All right, let's go down to Stanford, the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, this is a disappointing Ooh. region in terms of uniforms. I don't I, know. I, I like guess I you like one of them. I kind of like Texas A&M's. What's wrong with Fullerton's? I like it. Uh, it's Fullerton's? navy blue on navy blue. That's what's wrong with it. You don't put letters. You don't put navy blue letters. They outlined on a navy it blue in jersey. orange. And I usually don't like blue and orange. I generally don't. But there's, I mean, it, it looks a little aggressive there. I'm taking it. No. <laughs> uh, we're rooting for Texas A&M. Um, cursive script is never a good thing. And that, that messes up Stanford and uh, whoever. I don't hate cursive, cursive script by default, but it's not great. Baton Rouge Regional. I want to like the two lane ones, but I can't tell what's on the bats. It it looks, looks like, like a, a pelican, maybe. 
I guess it's a pelican because they're in Louisiana and that's the state bird in case you were ever wondering. Um, but that really doesn't make sense because they're the two lane green wave. So that's a, that's a no from me. Um, I, I get what they were trying to do there, but it's a no. I'm going to go LSU. I like that font. What I find funny, that's, that's Sam Houston right there, right? It is. Does that say state down below them? Sam Houston state. I, I, I thought they weren't Sam Houston state anymore. So Sam Houston, they're out. Sam Houston state. It depends on what sport it is, I guess. Yeah, I'm with you on LSU. We go to Clemson. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. The only ones I don't like are what I think. I'd, I, I'll be honest. I think that's Lincecum. Bison. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's very basic. It is Bison. Bisons, which is also grammatically not correct. I don't. I think it's just Bison. I think the I plural think. of Bison is Bison. Uh, so just I hope they don't have their own. I hope they do. Um, <laughs> I like Charlotte. I like Tennessee, and I like Clemson's. But I have to pick just one, and for that reason, I'm going the Vols. I'll take Clemson. Okay, that's interesting. I generally like. I know Hinden Hooker was a fun thing to root for this year. I don't generally root for Tennessee. I know you don't. And I don't really like that shade of orange. So, FAMU has interesting hats for their bright green uniform. In the Gainesville Regional? In the Gainesville Regional. Um, but I like the red and black of Texas Tech. Uh, the text is kind of plain Jane, but uh, I like any red and black combination is going to have a soft spot in my heart. So, I'm going to take I'm going to guarantee you that Florida has a better looking uniform than what they're showing in this in this uh, choice here. So, uh, but I'm not taking Florida because I don't like that one. Well, I'm last FAMU. FAMU has me there. I generally yeah. don't like that bright green, but with that orange, I, I like it. I just say the guy who usually does these this year only did one uniform. Last year, he did like all the uniforms, which was insane. Yeah. Um, lazy guy that we don't know. I will never accuse him of being that. Uh, in the Charlottesville <laughs> Regional, you've got Army, Oklahoma, ECU, and UVA. This one's tough. I like Armies. I like that font. It just looks cool. Um, but I do like East Carolina. The purple and gold, obviously. Um, I have no affiliation with the university that was purple and gold. So um, no bias there. But I do like ECU. Their font's pretty cool, too. Army a close second. No offense, UVA. I'm going army. I just, it's something about that one. I'm obviously not going to choose the one uh, in the white there. Um, I, I respect the ECU choice, but I'll, I'll take army. Okay. We're moving down to the Nashville regional. It is. I mean, we're picking our uniforms. We're not picking who's going to come out of that region. Also true. <laughs> it is. Uh, a Panthers. <laughs> I really should have had the regional pulled up beside because some of these I'm usually pretty good at just being able to tell by looking, but no. Um, Xavier, Oregon, Vanderbilt. We're not picking the Panthers anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, um, it doesn't matter. I, Xavier, I don't know why they have light blue. That's out. Oregon and Vanderbilt. Ew. I guess Vanderbilt. I'm going to Oregon. I just, I'm, if, if I was saying I 
guarantee Florida has a better looking uniform in there. I guarantee Oregon has a better looking uniform. I'm not picking Vanderbilt. So, okay. I, I, don't I, bring, think I, brought, I brought in my personal baggage into this. Yeah, argument. I don't think Oregon. Now, Vanderbilt playing baseball will absolutely come out of this region. <laughs> yeah. Fayetteville Regional, Arizona, TCU, and Arkansas are my top three. Whoever the Broncos are, I'm sorry. You did red on red. That's a cardinal sin. You're out. Uh, I think that's Santa Clara because it's in the West Coast Conference. Is, is, that a, is that a cardinal pun right there? <laughs> it wasn't, but it does work. Um, these other three schools, I could, I'm fine with all three of these uniforms, but I got to pick one. And for that reason, we go Arizona. I like that font. I like that color scheme. Let's go Wildcats. I, I just think it's something in my brain when that font is just tilted up like that to one end and it looks aggressive. It, it, it draws me in for some reason it does. That purple ain't bad. I'll, I'll take the Razorbacks just just because it plays to my and because my liking. Um, all Nike schools there. Yeah. In the Tuscaloosa region, we've got two Adidas. Since you want to talk sponsors, two Adidas, one New Balance, and Al and Alabama is Nike. Um. Oh man, here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let out a little secret. I'm kind of a fan of Boston College's uniforms in almost every sport. I it's something about that faded gold. I dig it. So you do. You did go to JMU, didn't you? I did. Um, Those golden domers. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Boston College. You've never said this to me before, and I think less of you now. That's fine. Um, this is tough. I'll take. I'll take the Trojans there. I know it's some of that cursiveness, but uh, take the Trojans. A lot of red in that region. Um, in fact, Troy has a red uniform as well that he did not put because he didn't want to put all four red, um, Coral Gables regional. This one's easy for me. It's Miami. I love that M on their hats and they, they also have other uniforms that aren't pictured that I know are cool. So I'm going to take the hurricanes. I'll take the ones that are raging, the raging Cajuns. That's true. We should say Texas. Louisiana and Maine. Maine also has the same M. They're frauds. Um, so <laughs> they're they kinda, I don't like it there. I like it on Miami is what you just said. Yeah. No, the Maine, the Raging Cajuns. Okay. It's out of respect for in high school at one point, we wore Raging Cajun uniforms that still had the chili pepper on fire up on funny. the uniform, right right there at the V of the uniform. Uh, and then it had a Riverheads helmet above it. I loved it. So. That's funny. Uh, it also has the Fleur de Lee on the hat, which is pretty cool. Um, Save some money. The Lexington region. Uh, I don't hate the uniforms in this region. I'm going to take West Virginia. Oh. Uh, look, I Ball State is a close second because of that black and red, but I that hat is not doing it for me for Ball State. Those Kentucky ones look really clean over there. I'm going there. Okay. Leland is going to share this, by the way, so you can follow along. Uh, yes. Probably should have said that at the top. Uh, <laughs> we can put that in the description. Auburn. If you've made it this far. <laughs> Auburn, Southern Miss, Samford, and Penn. The Quakers. For me, it's Southern Miss. Um, they could probably use a hat redesign, but I hate all the hats in this region. So uh, maybe they can get some of that Brett Favre money to redesign their hats. Nope. Too, too busy, too busy at the volleyball stadium. Uh, I'm with you. Southern miss. It's 
aggressive. We go to the Columbia region. It's South Carolina, Columbia, NC State, and Central Connecticut State. Um, poo. Man, I I am acknowledging I'm a sucker for a black uniform. NC you State. are. You're taking NC State. I wish NC State did something else with their hats. I don't know what I want them to do with the hat, but not that. Um, with that N and the C? Maybe. You know what was great? I, yeah, they're the small N, small C, big S. Big S, yeah. Yeah. Uh, big old S. But here's the thing. I wish they would go back to, like, the that version, but the 90s. The 90s version they used to slap on the helmets was a lot cooler than the one they have today. Um, but I digress. I'm going to take Campbell because I like the black and orange. Okay. We go to the Conway mm-hmm. Regional. This regional... Every single uniform slaps. I love all of these uniforms. I disagree. I, I, I can't I believe like you're saying you, you like that old timey M for Maryland. I don't like the old timey D for Duke. Oh, that's cool. Their jersey font is cool. My only problem is their D on the hat doesn't match that. Um, exactly. That's exactly what it's I was weird. waiting to say. They're, they got, it's they got weird. two different Ds. It's their weird. Ds don't match. Well, sometimes that happens. Um, I, but I have to pick a favorite. I'm going to take Ryder for the coolest uniforms uh, because that R. I love that R. R's fancy. I'm going Coastal. I'm sticking. That's, I'm not giving. That's not bad. You think I would have gone Ryder because I had the black uniform? But Coastal, that, that they also have black, black uniforms. Yeah. Uh, Coastal needs to have a different hat, though. That You can take a lot of is... things and put it on black, and it's hot. You can take Carolina blue and put it on black. It's hot. You can take that teal right there of Coastal Carolina and put it on black. It's hot. Yeah, but that block C is dumb. Um, the Stillwater region, Oklahoma State, Dallas Baptist, Washington, and Oral Roberts. I like Washington. This is my uh, black and orange team that I'm selecting. It's going to be Oklahoma State with the baseball bat <sighs> underlining the word Oklahoma. It's I just so weird. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, and then there's the Terre Haute regional, which is, in case you were curious, that's where Indiana State plays. Indiana State, Iowa, North Carolina, and Wright State. This one's tough between mm-hmm. Iowa and North Carolina, but I'm going to go yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. You're right. With that, with the line in coming down the front buttons, it's better. So, yeah. Yep. All right. So there you have it. That's who we are rooting for in each regional based on uniforms. Tell us what we got wrong when Leland shares this. You you comment and say which are your favorite in each regional, or if there's only one you really think we messed up and you can't believe we left somebody out or one of us picked it and the other one didn't, you can call the other one an idiot. It's whatever. Um, just tell us which ones you like, because let me tell you, that's the only way to root for college baseball teams in regional tournaments. Um, when you, well, unless you're, you know, affiliated with the university or whatever. You just want to see that uniform longer. That's yep. That's the, that's the only thing you're doing. Just keep that uniform going. It's like the third year in a row we've done these uniforms. It's good. I love this. This is my favorite. I was sitting on a dock last time, or not maybe last time we did it, but one one time we did this conversation, I was sitting on over top of water. It was awesome. Yeah, this is my favorite thing that we do. This is more fun than, you know, I name it. (laughs) 
Do you I'm have I don't, I don't be baseball? Wasn't ready for this. Else? Wasn't ready for that question. Yeah. Do you have anything? I wasn't ready for the, one of these regionals to be hosted in Terre Haute. So there Terre Haute, dude. Terre Haute. And to the two schools that I forgot who you are. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I I didn't look at the regionals. I just uh, this was me being overconfident in my ability to look at a uniform and a logo and know who you are. And there are two schools that I looked at and it was like mm. two out of sixty four. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, that, better that, that is four Sun Belt teams, though, in there. That's great. You're, I said there right. were going to be four you Sun Belt it. teams, and there were four Sun Belt teams. You nailed it. Yeah, Southern you, Miss, you dangerous. In your college baseball, in your baseball analysis this spring, you've been strong. That's it's good. almost like I watch it. Um, it's almost like you covered like your home game for one of the teams. Almost. Um, JMU didn't make the Sun Belt. They were not one of the Sun Belt teams. Yeah, yes. they they did okay in the Sun Belt tournament. They just didn't make the NCAA tournament. Um, and VC was not in the A10 tournament, so we can move on. Uh, not invited to participate. Not yeah. Major League Baseball. The Orioles kind of had a sour taste to the end of the week when. After beating the Yankees two out of three, we stumbled on the Texas Rangers. Um, Grayson Rodriguez has been sent down to AAA, which is probably for the best because that's not working out. Um, But we're still only four back of the Rays. We're three up on the New York Yankees, so life is good. We play Cleveland and San Francisco. Uh, Hopefully, Cleveland needs to be a series win. If you play a team from the AL Central, you have to beat them. I think that has to be the case every time. I think we need to go undefeated in our series against the AL Central because that division is bad for baseball. Buster only said the Orioles last year were bad for baseball, even though we almost made the playoffs, and this year we will make the playoffs. I would argue that the AL Central is bad for baseball because it exists, and they force people to watch it. Yeah, that series went against the Yankees. I was coming home late every day last week, and watching those Orioles-Yankee games were definitely entertaining. One that should have been one of the two. Yeah, but we it was should have swept. But yeah, fun. and that's you know I know they don't get more division games, but every time those two teams play, especially now, it, it matters. You know, it, it, because of the Orioles being good, um, it, it'd be interesting if they play each other in the postseason. Those would be some loud, rambunctious games. Well, and we know Aaron Boone won't be there for the whole game because he'll get ejected because that's what he does. Even better, he's been suspended now, which I find hilarious. The only problem with Aaron Boone being suspended is he can't be in the dugout to mess things up. So. That's when he was an announcer, I wish he would make it through all the games. So, yeah, oh I'll take gosh, this, too. And he just argues stuff. Like, he freaks yeah. out about balls and strikes. And then he's like, but I don't want robot umpires. And I'm like, okay, well, then you don't want the solution to your problem. So, stop complaining. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, I acknowledge umpires are not very good at their job. That's why I do want them replaced. Because I don't think they're doing a good enough job. And then when the computers mess up, Joe will put the, the it, computers The computers aren't going to mess up, box. though. That's the thing. The computers are not going to mess up. <laughs> So I want to talk about what's been dominating your life. I didn't talk to you that much last week. I was mm-hmm. scared to send you messages because you were on live television all, all day, wow. every day. Internet television. How, how was that coverage of the A-10 tournament Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three games each, and then a, and then a interesting weekend too? How, how was the coverage? It was good. We got 13 games in during the tournament. We managed to avoid weather the whole tournament, which was very fortunate. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was early mornings, late nights, but it was a great time. Um, the A-10 took care of me. 
in terms of hospitality stuff and uh, making sure I had everything I needed. I got a vote on the all A10 tournament team. Ooh, um, look at you. That was cool. Uh, and we got to watch a lot of good baseball. Um, there was... It was funny. Uh, George Mason ended up winning the A10 tournament. If you didn't follow along and didn't put two and two together, that in the Winston Salem region, uh, George Mason is in it. Um, but they were the sixth seed coming in. Uh, they went in. They upset Dayton the their first game, which was our last game of day one. It went extra innings, uh, so it was a really long night. Uh, Dayton probably could have won that game in nine innings, but. Uh, just didn't execute. George Mason did a great job of executing. Situational hitting was spectacular. Dayton was the only team uh, to strike out George Mason hitters five times or more in a game. They played Dayton twice. Dayton did it twice. Uh, St. Louis struck George Mason out four times in the second championship game on Saturday. Other than that, it was one time. Uh, and that was the high for George Mason. G- George Mason played Davidson, didn't strike out at all. It was wow. amazing what they were able to do. Um, Davidson, as good as they are, as good as their offense was, they just didn't have the pitching this week, so they were an early out. St. Joseph's was the A-10 regular season champion. They ended up being a fairly early out uh, to the Dayton Flyers, who just mashed. The Dayton Flyers were really good. They could mash. Um, the SIDs were great at getting information to us when they could. Um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, hopefully yeah, I want to know, I want to talk more about that. Cause when you and I did speak, you, you mentioned that, like I, I, oh, for the coverage we do on the radio, I just do all the research and provide it to you people, uh, that I sit in the booth with, which is fine. You, it's impossible for you to do that for a team, you know, 13 games, all these different teams. It's not like you're just going to go on there and be able to get enough information to talk, talk about that process of like how you do get some additional information um, made available to you. Sure. So, I mean, the the SIDs, which stands for sports information directors uh, for each of these teams, they do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of information. Um, The A-10 is great about, they gave us a roster for every team. They gave us a bracket um, so we could follow along and know who's playing who. And if this team wins this game, they go here. If this team loses this game, they go there. Um, and so that was great. And then we got pronunciation guides from each team, which is, you know, like a bare minimum you ask for. Um, but they, they came through there. And then the, the one thing I did have to do, and there were the days like Thursday, uh, Friday, and Saturday were more difficult than Tuesday and Wednesday because Tuesday and Wednesday, everybody played one game. Like if a team played, they were only playing one game that day. Thursday, there were teams, two teams played two games. So uh, the way it worked out was that was elimination day. You had three games that day featuring four teams. Three teams were going to get eliminated that day. Um, and... I was doing tournament stats for each individual player because that was the one thing we didn't have uh, was stats for players in that tournament. So I find that information useful. Um, We had season stats that would be updated as the games finished. But in addition to the season stats, I thought, you know, well, what's the guy doing this week? What's he doing at this stadium? 
uh, against this conference pitching during this week. Uh, so I was updating those. Um, and that was challenging on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, but, um, got him in and, uh, that, that was probably the, the bulk of what I had to do to prepare in addition to taking, you know, what other teams gave us and slotting it in and, you know, the, the one page cheat sheets that I would create, uh, with the rosters and typing in a note or something on each player. And so, and you didn't even work with the same guy every game. You know, when, when you and I call football, you know, it's generally us the whole time, but you, you kind of had a couple different guys you had to work with. Yeah. There was one guy who did the bulk of the tournament with me. He did all but two games. Um, John Emmett, okay. who uh, does Virginia State University broadcasting stuff. And he broadcasts a lot of baseball games for the Richmond Spiders in addition to VCU. Uh, and then TJ Wingert, um, who I did games with as well. He did some VCU games this year. Uh, he's, uh, recently left a position at Lynchburg College. Um, but yeah, both were great guys to work with. I very much enjoyed calling games with both of them. Our production crew was fabulous this week in, in terms of, you know, making sure we knew what we were doing coming out of a break, where we were going, um, getting good shots of some bang-bang replays. Um, so we had something to talk about while the umpires were conferencing. And, you know, obviously, I, last segment I was critical of Balls and strikes with home plate umpires. Um, for the most part, the umpires in this A10 tournament did a fabulous job. I mean, when there were bang bang calls and there were arguments being made, and the umpires would get together, conference, and then make a decision. I don't remember anywhere they conferenced and came out of a decision where I thought that was the wrong call. Um, I thought they had it right, um, but it, you know that's a hard job, and um, the coaches didn't always think that. But of course, they're a little bias but um I, I i was really impressed with the fact that i i can't say that umpiring factored in an outcome in a game during that tournament which 13 games you know you would think maybe one of them you would be like oh if that call had gone the other way like it should have maybe that would have changed the game um i didn't think that any call had a huge impact well that's good well i was awesome i um i thought it was cool to follow you Follow along with you a couple days. I had missed the pitch clock being such a factor um, during the regular season. They paid more and attention to it. It was definitely a point of emphasis. They were all this over it, tournament. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday there was a violation in each game. There was, I think, one or two more violations throughout the rest of the conference tournament. Um, but, yeah, the pitch clock was definitely more prevalent in, in the conference tournament than the regular season, in my opinion. Uh, and next year it's going to be visible to the fans. They want it they want each team to be able to have it visible on the field. Um, it was still in this tournament being kept by the umpires, but um, that was an interesting aspect. And then, you know, go back to George Mason and what they were able to do in that conference tournament. It was a, a crazy tournament for them because they had the A-10 conference pitcher of the year who ended up being the A-10 uh, outstanding player of the tournament, which was no big surprise. Um, and... They had two guys, one Friday, uh, well, really three, but two in particular that stood out because it was one Friday, one Saturday, making their first starts of the season, and they went deep into the ball game, saving George Mason's pin, including the first game of the day on Saturday, which was like the game where going into it, we were, you know, I'm asking the George Mason SID, I'm like, so, you know, 
who do we think is going to pitch? And he's like, I have no idea. Like we used everybody we did. We had last night to get to this game. And I was like, well, okay. Um, and they get into the game and there's a guy in my mind that I'm like, okay, that this guy will probably pitch game two. Well, he comes in at the end of game one, just to make sure they win. Um, even though they had a guy go seven and a third in his first ever start of the year. Um, which was amazing for them because it allowed them to rest the rest of their bullpen. So when they got to game two, the other guy who started and did really well in his first start as well, um, they were then able to go to one other relief pitcher that they hadn't used the whole tournament and they brought him in and he was great. Shut down the Billikens um, and St. Louis in a, in a tournament that had been played so well defensively had one inning where they made three errors and that's what cost them the game. George Mason, mm-hmm. Scored a bunch of runs that inning, uh, got the lead, and then uh, won the conference tournament. Very cool. All right, moving it along, a movie that I watched uh, this weekend that I've been really anxious to watch since it came available was Air. Uh, it was kind of the the based on true events, but you know, obviously Hollywood a little bit. Um, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, I guess Ben Affleck directed it. Um, movie that was telling the story of basically all the people surrounding Michael Jordan and him getting his first shoe deal after being drafted by the Bulls. And so you just got to understand it's a much different time in 1984 when this movie takes place of, you know, now a lot of these guys sign a shoe deal before they're even drafted. And the money is just so much different than what it used to be back then. Not, and, and not even, like, percentagely the same. I mean, it's just such a different ball game for the, for the shoe companies. Um, so it's really cool to, like, deep dive into details of what was going on there with Nike. Obviously, Nike's end up who signed them. So you know, you know where things are going, but they still do a good job of building up uh, a little bit of suspense at least. And, um, but just, like, how it would get there and nothing's just as easy as you would think it could be because you know the ending. Um, but it was good. You know, like if, if Titanic can be good, this movie can be good too. I enjoyed it. It was an entertaining movie. The subject matter is just exactly what I want to hear about and see. So it was just interesting to me, not the greatest film ever made. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's not one of, it's not something like that. I'm uh, telling you, this is the best movie and it's going to win an Oscar and all that. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, if you like Michael Jordan, if you don't like Michael Jordan, if you just like basketball and the business, anything related to the business of basketball, which is advertising and shoe companies and, and, and just the history of how this game has changed <laughs> off the court, especially this movie is really interesting to you. So uh, I recommend it for anybody my age that has sports interest, because there's just enough reference in there. It's good enough. It's entertaining. The performances are good. Um, I think Matt Damon did a great job, which that's what Matt Damon does. Uh, ben Affleck as Phil Knight might have been a little tough just because I, I feel like I kind of know who Phil Knight is well enough to then see Ben Affleck doing it. it. It didn't work quite as well for me. I think that was my biggest issue. Of course, he was the director, so he gets to cast however he wants. Um, but Viola Davis, as she does, was absolutely spectacular as uh, Dolores Jordan, Michael Jordan's mom. And, and an interesting thing I thought for this movie was how they really minimized Jordan in this. I mean, it was all these people around Jordan making decisions, trying to sign Jordan and then, you know, making decisions around him for him, helping advise him, trying to sell to him. 
I, I felt that was an interesting way to approach this. Um, like I couldn't tell you who Michael Jordan, who, who played Michael Jordan in this movie. Like they, they never really just showed him straight up and there was like three lines from him. Like, and it was like, all of it was basically throwaway stuff. So um, it was interesting. It was just a, a cool way to tell this story. You know, there's some Hollywood to it. There's, there's one aspect, there's one scene in there. I'm, I'm like, it's just dripping of Hollywood and maybe less reality. Um, but either way, it's entertaining. It's good. Jason Bateman was interesting. Chris Tucker was good. Um, uh, Chris, Chris Messina, he's been in some stuff lately and, and he plays David Falk and he's basically like the Ari gold. If you've ever watched Honorage of, um, sports agent, um, for Michael Jordan. And he's just yelling on the phone and, and plays that kind of character that we've seen before. Uh, he did a good job with that. So yeah, I recommend it. It was good. There was laughs. Um, even though we all know where it's going, there was still drama. So yeah, it was entertaining, worth watching on Amazon Prime. Joe, I recommend it to you. I, you'll be entertained. I don't know, but it's also not like drop everything and go watch it. But yeah. I mean, it's good. Like, it takes one part of one episode of the Thirty for Thirty on Jordan that was so amazing last year, um, or two years ago now, um, or three years ago now. God, was that three years ago? It was wow. three years ago. Um, it takes just like, you know, one segment of that 30 for 30, that was six episodes long or whatever it was and makes a whole movie on it. Um, but it's very, it's entertaining and it's good. Well, there you have it. I watched it. Um, to I'm up- going to watch it again. Okay. Well, <laughs> I won't. Um, I mean, I'll probably watch it, but I won't watch it twice. I can almost guarantee you that. I might have had kids running in about every 15 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I guess to update folks on the the playoffs that are going on in the other major sports, NBA and NHL, they, the Heat look like they are about to win game seven and avoid the ultimate oh, wow. embarrassment. They're up 21 with under five minutes to go. And the Vegas Golden Knights are going to shellac the Dallas Stars. They're up six nothing. Uh, I think that's in the third period. Um, but that game is over. Whether it doesn't matter what period it is. No, it's the Vegas nothing. Golden Knights yeah. are up six nothing. It's over. Um, and so they will move on to play the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup. And then you will have uh, what looks like the Miami Heat will join the South Florida Championship run and take on the Denver Nuggets. I do think the Denver Nuggets win the NBA finals. And I will say that I do think the Florida Panthers will probably win the Stanley cup. I think before Miami just lost three games in a row in the basketball, I would have been a little more, Hey, Miami might be on that run that, you know, they just might be on that run and Jimmy Butler might just do it, but them losing three in a row here. Yeah. I I think Denver is just going to be, they're not going to lose three games in a row at any given point. And I think now we've seen Miami do that. So I, I just, yeah, I think they're more talented. So that'll, that'll make that happen. I, I don't want to get deep on this because I think it's been ridiculous this week with the LeBron talk, but I'm just saying LeBron's not retiring. So like him saying whatever comment he wants after that last game, when they got eliminated by Denver, he's not retiring. So everybody can shut up. He's going to wait till his son plays and then he's going to go there. Yeah. He's, he's already, already said, said that. that. So like, why are we giving that. time? To- I don't know why people freak out. Um, but yeah. 
But I will say the end of that game between the Celtics and the Heat on, was that Saturday night? Yeah, where Butler got fouled shooting the three pointer. He hits all three free throws. That was massive. And that, you you know, you just kind of thought that was it. That's what secured them. They're going to the finals. And for Boston to come down in in little time, they got 0.9 put back on the clock on like the two seconds that they had. And that was the difference of the ball game because they shot a shot. It didn't go in. They tipped it back in and won. It was just a crazy ending to an NBA game. And it was, it was really interesting. Um, so yeah, that was, that was exciting little finish there at the end of an NBA game there. Playoffs have been good. I mean, when you have an eight seed <laughs> making it this far, it's like that when you had the seven seed Lakers going deep, it was interesting. So, um, yeah, they've been fun to watch the fight, the endings of that's all I've watched is like fourth quarter, second half of the fourth. Like right now there's, while we're recording, there's three minutes and 45 seconds left in the fourth. This is when I'd cut that game on if, uh, if I was watching. So, wow. um, but what I will be watching is the NCAA softball. I know JMU's not in it, and that's the team we've been following. I know I wanted Virginia Tech in it, and they didn't make it this far. But I know this next week I'm going to be out of town some. Um, so I will, though, be interested in what's going on with that softball because it's drama, and I, I think it's fun. And you know that you know Oklahoma's good. You know Alabama's good. There's just, you know, all the traditional powers um, are there. So they're all going to battle out. UCLA's not there, which is interesting. But, you know, one – three, four, five, six, seven, and nine are all involved in this tournament coming up. And then you have the 15 seed Utah um, thrown in there. Like it, that's going to be fun to see what happens there. So um, it'll be on the TV all these next days. I, I wish there was a Virginia team in there, particularly a Virginia tech or a JMU, but it's a fun sport to watch and it, it's good on TV. It's interesting. Um, seeing the emotion that they play with. I know Alabama had some exciting games this week. Uh, where they lost to Northwestern in game one and then had to come back and beat them two games. And uh, it seemed like those were a lot of the highlights. And when I watched a little bit of live softball this weekend, I watched that. Um, so, yeah, I'll be watching that. It starts on the first on Thursday at noon and then uh, all day Thursday and then in the afternoons and evenings every day after that until they wrap up on uh, June. Uh, I guess the finals, they play Thursday, June 8th. Seven or Wednesday, June seventh, and the uh, and June eighth, and then if necessary on June ninth. So that'll be good. All right. Well, on that note, folks, we want to thank you for listening to the Yak Sports Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. That's Y A C Sports Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, Yak Sports Pod, Y A C Sports Pod, your Augusta County Sports Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed Memorial Day. Um, obviously, yes. Leland and I want to thank everyone in our armed forces who has served um, that obviously is the ultimate sacrifice that so many have made for us and our freedoms here in this country. And I know both Leland and I appreciate that. So absolutely folks, you can subscribe on Podbean, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and Spotify. So you can hear what Leland and I have to say that is dumb and goofy that we are allowed (laughs) to say because of the sacrifice that so many have made for our country each and every week. We talk about local sports here for the Augusta County sports fan. Until next week, have a good week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.